This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Automakers are really struggling with how to restart production. In China, they're facing part shortages. In Europe, different countries are on different paths to recover. In North America, they'll have to bring production up in Mexico, Canada, and the United States in a coordinated fashion. And here's our AutoLine insight. All you need is a shortage of one critical part and you can't start production. If it's something simple, like a sun visor or a cup holder, that's different. Just run them down the line and let the dealer install the missing part. But if it's critical to the operation of a vehicle, like motor mounts, you simply can't fire up the assembly line. Automakers have to coordinate the resumption of their stamping plants, their engine plants, and transmission plants before they can even start up their assembly plants. They have to make sure all their suppliers resume production before the assembly plants do because they need all the parts on the line before they can push the go button. Automakers will try to give priority to their highest profit vehicles, but parts availability is going to dictate which plants start production first. Ford announced some major management changes yesterday, and they show how Chief Operating Officer Jim Farley is starting to put his stamp on how the company will move forward. The goal is to improve product and launch execution, ramping up efforts for connected cars and using big data to better serve customers. They also want to improve quality and lower costs, and they're creating a dedicated commercial vehicle business unit in the U.S. and Canada. You can click on the link to this article in our show notes to see all the personnel changes, but here's our AutoLine insight. Farley is really laying out a growth strategy for Ford. Connected cars could provide a goldmine of opportunity for data monetization. Big data analysis can uncover unseen opportunities to grow revenue and cut costs. Commercial vehicles will likely weather the coronavirus storm much better than retail vehicles, especially if the U.S. initiates a major infrastructure initiative. Farley still has major problems to overcome, namely Ford's massive warranty costs and its high vehicle costs. Of course, we heard all kinds of talk over the last three years from CEO Jim Hackett on how Ford was improving its fitness, but nothing happened. And now the onus is on Jim Farley to deliver the goods. With people locked down in their homes, online sales are skyrocketing. So self-driving startup Pony AI, which is backed by Toyota and Hyundai, announced it's going to start an autonomous delivery service for residents in Irvine, California. A fleet of 10 Kona Electrics will deliver packages from local e-commerce platform Yamabai. Last month, Pony AI suspended its people delivery service for three weeks, so this is a way to offset that. The Tiguan is now Volkswagen's best-selling vehicle worldwide, and Autoblog just got its hands on a design sketch for the next version. Let's go over what's new. The thin grille remains, but an accent around its edges flows into the headlights, which aren't as boxy and have a little tail that extends into the fender. The opening on the lower fascia is larger than the outgoing model, 
and the air curtain vents have been reshaped. Since the Tiguan is built on Volkswagen's MQB platform, it will receive many of the same updates as the 8th generation Golf, including interior technology and powertrain options. The new Tiguan is scheduled to go into production in 2021. The auto industry has made good progress on improving the diversity of its executive workforce, but it still has a long way to go. On AutoLine This Week, the panel discusses the benefits of pushing for more diversity. But when you look at the data, McKinsey did a study, and, and the study, I guess the latest data is probably from 2017, but they literally showed, and looking at a thousand companies, that if you look at those companies that have a diverse C-suite, literally for women, the earnings before interest and taxes increased in those companies 21%. Yeah. For ethnic minorities being integrated into the company, 33%. So the data is there. This isn't just a, a feel-good conversation. Um, everyone gets to thrive and communities get to build and economies are stronger because the corporations and the companies that serve them are stronger when we're more diverse and inclusive. That's right. And the investors are, the investor community is starting to mm -hmm. notice it. You saw Goldman Sachs came out with something. There's something in their 2019 sustainability report about these are the guidelines. We want to see more diversity on boards and in C-suites. Mm -hmm. uh, Goldman Sachs said no more IP POs with boards with all bros. And I just read something this morning about BlackRock, same thing. So mm -hmm. it's being um, really looked at by the investor community. And really, if you look at the way the population is going, mm -hmm. I think it's this year that 50.2% of the population under the age of 18 is going to come from a minority race or ethnic group. Right. So we're really going to be pushed into this, ready or not. And of course, you can watch that entire show right now on our website or on our YouTube channel. The list of cool cars that are getting axed because of stricter emission standards just grew by one. Ford will not have a new version of the high-performance Focus RS anywhere in the world. Ford had tried to pair the old engine with a 48-volt technology to bring down emissions, but it still wasn't good enough. Add in Ford's financial problems and global sales falling off a cliff due to the coronavirus, and that was the nail in the coffin for the RS. And now we bow our heads in a moment of silence for one of the great enthusiast cars. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. I had a Honda CRV to test drive this week, and it's the best-selling vehicle in Honda's lineup. In the U.S., it easily outsells both the Accord and the Civic by over 100,000 units a year. The CRV hits the sweet spot in the market, which Wards classifies as fitting into the middle CUV segment. The Touring model that I drove comes with all-wheel drive and is powered by a 1.5-liter Turbo 4 rated at 190 horsepower. It's mated to a CVT, or Continuously Variable Transmission, which drives well enough that the average CRV buyer will not even notice it's a CVT. More perceptive drivers will notice that it's not as crisp as a stepped gear transmission. The total package is rated by the EPA at 29 miles to the gallon. Like all Hondas, the CRV imparts a sporting feel with relatively quick steering and a firm suspension and a good balanced feeling while cornering. This one is priced at nearly $36,000,
including a destination charge of over $1,000. But that gets you almost every conceivable option and all the latest safety equipment. And NHTSA gives it its highest five-star safety rating. So if you're looking for a safe, all-wheel drive, middle-segment crossover with a solid reputation, the CRV ought to be on your shopping list. As part of its Throwback Thursday, Volkswagen is detailing a variant of the Golf most of us have never seen before. The story starts back in the early 90s when VW offered a lifted all-wheel drive version of the Golf called the Golf Country. Well, one small Italian company must have thought that car didn't let in enough fresh air or sunlight because they took the chassis of a Golf Country, blended it with the body of a Mark I Golf Cabriolet, and sold them as the Biagini Passo. The cars also feature headlights and taillights from other manufacturers, raised ride height, and a front brush bar. Some estimate sales of less than 100, some say around 300, but what's for sure is most of them ended up in the junkyard due to a lack of rust proofing. Cadillac just announced the pricing for the Escalade, it ranges from $77,500 to just over $101,000, including destination charges. It comes standard with a 6.2-liter V8 gasoline engine, but what caught our eye is that the optional 3-liter inline 6-cylinder diesel will be a no-cost option. That's right, Cadillac is essentially offering it for free. The engine cranks out 277 horsepower and 460 pound-feet of torque, but the EPA numbers have not been revealed yet. The Escalade is scheduled to launch this summer, but that could be delayed due to the coronavirus. It'll be interesting to watch how many customers opt for the diesel, since many buyers shy away from diesels due to the extra cost. And before we sign off today, we have to wish the Ford Mustang a happy birthday. It was 56 years ago today that Ford officially let the Mustang out of the barn. The pony car is still popular to this day and is bringing in more fans from around the world. Last year, over 102,000 Mustangs were sold globally, making it the top-selling sports car in the world, which is the fifth consecutive year that it's held that title. And with that, we wrap up today's show. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you right back here again on Monday. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.